Hey guys, Danny Forster here, and I am back with another episode of Get Ready for Lake House. We're gonna take you inside the building, but also inside the experience. You're gonna meet the people, the designers, the visionaries who are creating the experience that will be a transformative learning and development journey for all of you at KPMG. So get ready for Lake House. I'm talking to David Turner. And David Turner, in working with Laura Nowinski, were two of the folks who were really critical in making the design decisions behind Lake House. Get ready for a conversation about how Lake House was designed and what it is meant to achieve. David, how are you? I'm very well. How are you, Danny? I'm good. I'm happy to have you here because in terms of mm -hmm. understanding the, the, the details and the, and the decisions that, went, that came behind the creation of Lake House, you are the person to talk to. Well, thank you, Danny. I'm looking forward to talking to you about it. You've got like 14 jobs here at KPMG. <laughs> uh, tell, me, tell me what you do here at KPMG. I, uh, so I joined KPMG as the chief financial officer. Um, I'm also the managing partner in our Montville, New Jersey office. We have right. about uh, 2,500 uh, professionals in, in Montville, New Jersey, who are sort of the backbone for uh, support services for the firm. And, um, and I'm also, as you just said, one of the co-leads with Laura Nowinski on um, on creating Lake House. You figured maybe take on a half a billion dollar construction project in your free time. You know, it felt like a good thing to do. I think the Lake House it project itself is such an important legacy. That's why I'm here. Um, you know, I, that stage of my career where uh, I care a lot about what I leave behind. And I think the, you know, the Lake House project was something this generation of partners are doing for the future generations of KPMG people. And just so we can put in perspective, building a building of this scale and even conceiving of a project of this scale doesn't happen overnight. When did you first begin to even talk about this building, let alone build it? I think it was about five years ago. Yeah. And we were sitting in a conference room and looking at the way we spend costs. One of the, one of the groups, a uh, highly professional group that reports up through to me, was our events and meetings team. Mm -hmm. So I had a, immense uh, detail about how we do events, um, how we uh, struggle with branding, how we struggle with getting technology to be in hotels the way we want it. Uh, mm -hmm. they're, in, um, they're in training rooms that are depressing and have no windows. Yeah. The technology doesn't work. Uh, and, and, and I went to some of those courses. And our training is exceptional. Right. But the way it's happening is, is mediocre. And so we began to look at the cost and, and question ourselves on... Um, yeah, you know, I really felt we could spend the money a lot better. In your role as CFO, mm. you're literally doing the cost-benefit analysis saying, yeah. what are we spending to set up this training? Yeah. Is this the best use of those funds? Exactly. We were spending, you know, literally maybe $20 million a year on, on redoing technology and creating branding. I looked at it and I was, I was like, this doesn't make much sense. So there's this there's this kind of interesting alignment between saying to yourself, can we use our resources more effectively? A and then the B, it's also can we do more for the practice? It's 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 like spending your money and getting twice as much for it. And I I was a believer early on, like immediately, uh, that that was going to be the outcome. But I knew initially at least that unless we had a financial model that worked, it would never fly. It's a huge commitment. It's the biggest investment the, the partners have ever made in, in the firm, the, the biggest investment the firm's ever made. This is the single largest investment the partners have made in the history of KPMG. And you advocate for this kind of commitment. Mm -hmm. You have to believe that this is going to do something for the firm that is 
much more significant than just training. That's why I said you have to believe that it goes beyond training and it goes it goes to the legacy and, and the future of the firm. But I've thought from day one that Lake House will become the cultural home of the firm. It'll be the place that people talk about when they've retired from the firm. They'll talk about the, uh, the formative impact on their lives, not just their work lives, but their lives of what they did at Lake House at KPMG. What started as a fiscally responsible analysis has now been elevated to a much deeper conversation about the future of this practice. Yes, and and that's probably the most satisfying thing to witness. From a very early conversation with the management committee, they turned the conversation around themselves and began to start talking about, about our culture, about innovation, about the way in which we could elevate learning to another level. You've got this great vision. Mm-hmm. Then you're stuck with making this vision a reality. Yes. This is not insignificant architecture. This is an 800,000 square foot, very (laughs) sophisticated, big institution. And you and Laura are charged with with bringing this to fruition. There have been, over the course of five years, literally thousands and thousands of decisions, evaluations Mm -hmm. and choices that have come together to produce this shape, this building. No one poured water in Lake Nona and the building did not rise from from the earth. That was designed. Mm-hmm. It was it was selected. When you first spoke to the architects, yeah. how did you communicate to them what you wanted them to be thinking about to make KPMG's cultural home? The very first thing we referred to it as, let's build a training center. Right. We rapidly started calling it a learning and innovation center. Mm-hmm. And the reason we switched to that naming at that time, long before we had a name, Lake House, right. was because we wanted to start the conversation about innovation and about culture. And the architects, we had fantastic architectural support. The, uh, the, the lead guy was, was tremendous. But we literally were saying, no, we don't like the shape of that. We want it to look more interesting. We don't want it to look like a box. Mm. You know? And so the conversation really early on became all about um, how we wanted people to have places they would stop. We wanted people to have uh, areas that we could have um, a reflection on the history of KPMG. Mm. We wanted to have points where people could collaborate and sit together. Mm. And how did you create a single facility that did all those things and still had what you needed for classrooms, what you needed for a town hall, what you needed for um, right. social entertainment? We were saying, you know, this this needs to be feeling like the home of KPMG. What I love about your description, oftentimes when clients begin a design project, they begin with a list of spaces, requirements, and you check a series of boxes mm-hmm. and you move those programs around. You didn't start that way. You actually began by saying, how do I want people to feel inside exactly. of this building? Yep. What do I want that experience to be like? And from there, you started to infill that experience with the programs required to produce that experience. You but know, you started it, from an emotional level, candidly. We, it, it really was from that point of view. I think we always viewed the rooms, the, you know, we need a town hall, we need 40, bed, um, 40 uh, classrooms, we need, you know, 800 bedrooms. That was just the table stakes. What, what we cared about mm. was how people were going to use those things and the impact it would have on the culture of the firm. When you begin a project by asking, what will this building make me feel like? What experience do I want to produce? You end up with a building that looks like Lake House. What I mean to say is you end up with a building that is unique, idiosyncratic, surprising, dramatic, contemporary, frankly, hard to describe in some Mm -hmm. respects. Now, I want to describe this building for people because uh, if you look at it, uh, you might say to yourself, that's a strange looking building. Mm. 
It's got some unique forms. It's got some interesting geometries. It was just a great evolution of how we wanted people to feel walking around it. We've all been to these massive hotels, mm -hmm. big conferences, mm -hmm. big training events where we, um, we get out of our room and we walk down the hallway and you look for a mile and you have to walk to the end and then you turn around and you walk for another mile to get to the lobby and then you go down some escalators into the basement and you then realize you're completely lost because you can't <laughs> find the conference room you're looking for right, right. because they all look the same and when you do get there you think oh my goodness this is going to be depressing because it's like it's it's like being in a closed room with no windows right. and it's it's just depressing we didn't want any of that experience we wanted the experience that would bring a smile to people's faces early on used to say we, we need like five big wow moments every time someone comes to this building mm. the first one should be when they just come up to it when they see it they're right. driving in the bus and they they go wow look at that i mean it's amazing because it's architecturally beautiful the first thing that struck me when i looked at the design as the as the bus pulls up at lake house mm. You don't pull up at the first floor. Why does my bus come up a very gentle slope to arrive at a front door that is actually on the second floor? We, we spent a lot of time and really battled the developers in Lake Nona to get the specific piece of land that we, we have. We wanted to be very close to the airport to make right. it easy for everyone. More importantly, we wanted to be in a location where we would not have the planes flying over us. We didn't want the noise. And mm. it's got this preserve behind it. There's two lakes behind the preserve. The preserve can never be built on. It's, it's there forever. That view is magnificent. We wanted every single room basically to have a great view, mm. to, to capture that wow moment and that feeling that says, wow, this is an incredible place. So when if the first wow is you so, see the building because you're driving up towards it, right. the second one is you get out of the bus and you walk into the lobby and you, your eye is not drawn to a reception desk where someone's going to check you in. Your eye is actually drawn initially through the lobby mm -hmm. to these enormous glass windows from the second floor of the building, not the first, and overlooking that vista that I just described, that I think anybody that sees it is going to go, wow, oh my goodness. Because you've elevated me to the second floor, mm -hmm. as I look out, as I'm drawn to these enormous glass windows you described, mm -hmm. the ground actually drops out below me. Below you. You're standing at the level of the canopy of the trees. Of, of, and then your eyes are taken down into that whole area that is is designed for outside interaction and collaboration and social activity for our people uh, our teams are going to be amazed that we have spent as much time and energy trying to design areas for them to interact and socialize as we have for them to learn it goes way beyond just teaching them people i think will look at it and and just be so um, blown away it's and and i, and I just want to reinforce this in this arrival sequence this is a really specifically sculpted, architecturally produced, almost theatrical moment of arrival mm. that sets the stage for the very fact that you are not in a hotel lobby. That, that's exactly right. To be honest, uh, uh, the, we had so much fun. Laura <laughs> Nowinski and I have had so much fun. We've become great friends. Laura really cared about what you just said. I mean, she forever was saying, you know, we'll fail if this feels like a hotel because it should feel more like home than it should feel like a hotel. If I mm. look at the building, right, and I look, I'm going to look at the piers now, the West yeah. Pier and the East mm -hmm. Pier, these two sort of arms that extend out from yep. the building that house the majority of the guest rooms yep. and the classrooms. Yes. They are not symmetrical and they are not straight. 
Why have you kinked these long objects? Why is there a bend at the midpoint in these two long piers? So the the original the first reason why was because we didn't want long walkways where you stood at one end and you saw you know, a hundred rooms in a row and yours is the end one. We wanted it to be more interesting. Once we realized that you could kink them, mm-hmm. we, we realized that not only did your eye therefore feel like it was never um, a long walk, yeah. but you could get a better angle for all the rooms to be able to get the view of the uh, of the vista over the, uh, over the preserve. And it was like a double whammy. It was fantastic. I love that. And this is what mm. architecture is all about because, yeah. you know, we've yeah. all been to, for example, like a hotel mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. Yes. You get out of your room, you look down a corridor, and you think you're in the movie The Shining. Just, exactly. Just doors as far as the eye can see. Yeah. The, the additional opportunity is by angling the geometry. That means the guest rooms have different and improved views out to the preserve. Every, every single one of them has a great view, but they're all different. We also wanted two co- sort of defined spaces yes. outside. Yes. One of them where it could be a spill out from classrooms so that the classrooms don't just have floor to ceiling windows, but right. they have doors to the outside. We viewed it as a learning courtyard right. where people could spill out and actually have it designed for them to carry on classes outside. And we wanted the other bigger area yes. to be a social courtyard where people could interact, they could spill out from the dining room. I love the fact that by having a subtle kink in that geometry, you changed the experience of looking out of your guest room. More importantly, you transformed the entire groundscape exactly by sculpting yeah. two independent outdoor spaces. Exactly, exactly, and that's why actually the the kinks you're referring to in the in the piers yes. actually go towards each other. They're slightly different. When we were talking about um, at the the front end uh, of the building, what we now call the crescent, yes, um, the walkway around to the um, uh, to the illumination hall. Um, that conversation was equally interesting because it was this, it was driven by the, the same initial thought. We don't want to stand in the lobby and look left and right and see miles of walking. Right. Um, we only wanted to see literally 50 yards at a time. You're still doing battle with the fact that it's an awfully big building. Yeah. But your, your desire was to produce a series of kind of micro experiences or kind of like when you're in a space, you're within a community. And we wanted every space to be a space that you could either walk through or you could stop and have an experience at it. And if you have a building that's just designed as walkways, then everything is just point to point. Right. And we wanted an experience where you could, you could stop and have an experience anywhere. So the initial designs were just one curve and, and we didn't like it because it seems, um, too singular in yeah. its design. So we had uh, the architects um, prepared the this like little model with yeah. each module of the space was a separate little block. And Laura and I sat here with the architect <laughs> moving the bo- blocks around. If you look at it from above, it's almost like a, a gentle S um, uh, shape rather than a simple, you know, arc of a circle. I think uh, our architectural um, experts really got into it themselves when they realized that we were looking for something that was going to be architecture to drive experience and functionality, yeah, yeah. but not just architecture for low-cost functionality. There is not an architectural flourish for the sake of some arbitrary expression. When I look at the building, and frankly, when people ask me about the building, I think about, as you described to me, that oftentimes your experience of being in one of these hotels is mm-hmm. guest room, corridor, training room. Yep. And there's basically mm-hmm. an A, there's a and B, a and there's mm-hmm. a corridor. That's it. You still have guest rooms, mm-hmm. and you still have classrooms, yep. right? There's still A's and B's. But what's mm-hmm. so different about your building is that the corridor has been activated. I think there's a lot of, we call it interstitial space. Yeah. Space that right. 
isn't a food and beverage venue, isn't a guest room, isn't a classroom. So it's an active place to be. It's a place that you want to be, that you're not necessarily going from A to B, but it's, as you've always often said to me, it's experience, experience, experience along that, the way. That's what it was always designed to be, is experience, experience, experience. And that experience can be... Um, it can be work-focused, or it could be learning uh, about our culture because there'll be areas where they have the experience of seeing things, mm. of seeing things that are different. Um, you know, you walk one way around the Crescent, for example, and you see uh, a lot of on the screens that are on the huge floor-to-ceiling and the screens that are there and the uh, artifacts that they'll see that talk to our history, the meaning of KPMG. And then they go into uh, this amazing uh, illumination hall. How many times do you go into a, uh, a big town hall with a thousand people? Right. And it's got floor-to-ceiling glass at well, the far end. I mean, end let's talk about that because there are things in this building that, candidly, you don't find in typical buildings. And, and yeah. look, I, I've spent a lot of time at conferences, and the first most critical aspect of any one of those rooms is blackout. And mm -hmm. when you walk into your illumination hall, you will look out and you will see, I believe it's 30-foot high, yeah. wall of glass over 100 feet wide with a view to what? With a, with a view, when you look out, to that amazing preserve and then the lakes, and you see it from everywhere. And it's magnificent. I mean, it's pretty amazing to me because fundamentally, that first initial de de decision to buy the land, given its relationship with the preserve, you reference mm -hmm. that throughout. Mm -hmm. Your view is always expressed out of the building to this preserve. That backdrop's there forever, and it's, it draws you to it because it's so beautiful. It's not just about go there, work hard, do your training. It's about wellness. It's about mm -hmm. innovation. It's about about all the things that make us sort of the people, that, the kind of people that we want to be, right? You know, it's actually, we want people who are compassionate, who mm -hmm. are community-minded. You know, I, I'm reminded of a conversation you and I had mm -hmm. a couple months ago walking in what was still a very active construction site. But we mm -hmm. talked about the difference of the lake house versus lake house mm. Mm. it's not a place it's, it's an experience mm. it's it's a rite of passage the way if someone went to camp not yep. the camp yep. or university you've got thirty-eight thousand people in different cities and different states and so forth this will be the single consistent experience that every kpmg employee will have and share why is that rite of passage so important to you because i think culture is so important to the firm and its future. This amazing firm that is founded on doing great things for great clients and having you know, an amazing impact. You realized that people join KPMG to make a difference. We also pride ourselves in being a firm you know, steeped in diversity and inclusion and citizenship and all these things that go beyond. We have all these diverse people coming from all over the country, all over the world, you know, and joining and becoming a community. So that doesn't happen by accident, mm. right? That just doesn't happen by accident. Mm. It, it happens, though, when people can almost end up um, corralling around each other and yeah. seeing how... Um, seeing what great looks like in all of those ways. So if we can use Lake House to be that venue where they understand what it is to be a KPMG person, to create a common culture in a diverse group mm. of 38,000 people who are all very different, and the value of those people is their difference, but that they have to deliver um, KPMG in a way that is 
culturally singular. It's a really powerful idea because you can teach expertise, mm-hmm. but culture has to be experienced. Yes. It happens by what you see, what you hear, what you experience, and what you feel. And, and that's why it has to come from the very top of the firm. You can send as many emails as you want, and you can have as many banners as you put up in a hotel, but the, the depth of that experience, what I'm hearing, only really happens when you produce something like Lake House. And when you produce it in a way that is walking the talk of all the words. So, for example, um, we talk about our client service, our client delivery, and we yeah. want high quality. We sure. want the best quality audits. We want the best quality delivery of our consulting and tax services and so on. We talk about wanting our people to be, you know, have the highest ethics and the highest mindset of qualities. And, and we decided that we, were, we had to invest in making the experience high quality everywhere in Lake House. The rooms had to be the kind of rooms people want to stay in. So we spent tons of time picking the brains of our road warriors yeah. to try and find out what drives them crazy when they're on the road, right? right? We have to have our, 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 our teams go into these rooms and not experience any of the aggravations that they normally experience in hotels on the road. Let's avoid all of them and then design a room that doesn't have them. That is a building that you would not design in another place, in another state, country, or a different firm. Only KPMG at Lake Nona, with you guys at the helm, would produce that specific building because it serves really only one need, and that's you. Not just a place to be educated, but a place to connect to the culture of the yeah. firm. Yeah. This isn't just a town hall, a guest room, a food and beverage, and a classroom. Um, it, it's producing something more transcendent and more significant for the firm. I'm so happy you, you feel that way. Truly, from early on in this process, mm. you know, I, I remember joking with the team and with the architects and saying, look, you know, I'm, I'm at the stage of my career where I'm not going to be experiencing this very much you know, in terms yeah, of a sure. training facility or a learning facility myself. I think I'm playing a part in creating for the future of KPMG, for many generations. I used to say to them, I'll be sitting in some nice armchair somewhere, hopefully with a nice a grandchild on my knee or something, <laughs> saying, seeing it and saying, I, w- I was part of creating that, and look how incredible it's been. And to have that kind of um, of an impact is really, um, really meaningful, but it's also been incredible fun. It, it is an incredibly thoughtful piece of architecture. I mean, it's clear the details have been labored over, and, and it feels that way. Frankly, looking to KPMG to the future, an investment at this scale isn't about a building that will be around for 10 years, for 20 years. Mm-hmm. When you invest in a project like this and you invest this kind of thought, you're thinking about literally 50 years, yeah. 60 years, 100 years from now, what no. it will mean for this firm to use this facility and grow. Well, I, I don't see it with time limit. If Lake House is to become um, the cultural home, the whole KPMG experience, mm-hmm. if that's what it becomes, and it's not like any of the other buildings we have around the country where we have a building that is a utility, that is so that we can have somewhere to sit while we do our work. Right. That's not what Lake House is. It's about how you experience and create yourself as a KPMG person. And we'll keep building on it and enhancing it you know, so that five generations from now, people will still know that every generation went through Lake House. There's no better way to end a conversation, frankly, than just to think about the fact that this is an investment without a time horizon. It's an execution at a really, really significant scale. And, and we really are talking about the, the future of this practice.
based upon a cultural home that you guys have created. It's so exciting. Are you ready? I am. Actually, you just got, it's fine to leave when you just said those words. We're so ready. I'm, I'm so excited because we, we promised we would deliver it on time and on budget. And the credit goes to Bill Fleming and the team for doing that. It's, but we're going to be open on, on in the first week of January. It's going to be up and running. People should get ready for Lake House. Uh, David, thank you for, for taking me uh, on this tour. I'm excited to see these doors open and see people come through for the first Thanks time. Thanks for helping us with it. It's, it's really exciting. Thank you. Thanks, David. It's incredibly exciting to learn about what goes into making a building. This is not an average learning and development facility. This is not a basement of a hotel. This is a very unique, idiosyncratic, KPMG custom-designed facility that really will work exclusively for KPMG to produce a KPMG experience. And that fundamentally comes only through years of thought, design, effort, and investment in this thing. Uh, it was great. Very nerdy. I acknowledge that. But architecture is nerdy, and it's very amazing. So uh, get ready for Lake House. We are almost there. Opening day is around the corner.